0: Welcome to
1: Middle School Matters podcast number 568. Have you seen World of Wonder and Danger or Middle School? We've got some jokes for your classroom. We're going to drop some knowledge on you this week. And, uh, well, Troy's got some interesting things he's going to share. So, without further ado, here's the wonderful, the magnanimous Troy Patterson.
0: All right, welcome back to the show. I am Troy Patterson, and with me is the world's greatest co-show host, Mr. Sean McGurr. Hey, Sean. Well, hello there. How are you? I'm all right. I worked last weekend, unlike one of us. Oh, I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> feel bad for you. I did. I thought about you all week, as long as you were, what, nap time and doing whatever I wanted.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hey, uh, you know, I I called up a friend of mine and I said, hey, I need a battery so I can tell the time. He asked, oh. is it four o'clock? I answered, I don't know. That's why I need the battery.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: I hate to admit it, but that one took me a second to actually get because I was reading it and not listening to it. <laughs> I didn't do the substitution right away there. Okay. I like My it. grandma used to say, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know if it's actually true or just one of Granny Smith. Granny Smith.
1: Yeah. You gotta throw the right apple. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Hey, I got a new job.
1: A new job?
0: I did. I got a new job. It's digging tunnels. I thought it was going to be exciting, but it turns out... right. It's just boring.
1: I thought so. I thought that makes sense. I could see that.
0: Yeah. Out,
1: you're, out in your direction of the world, there is the Boring Company, <laughs> and they, there's the Big Dig. and
0: Well, there was South the Big people. Dig. They did the Big Dig in yeah. Boston, but that's, I think they finished now, right? Yeah. I don't know. They finished that a while ago, I think. Okay. Last time I was to Boston, I didn't see anything going on. I wasn't really looking for it, so, yeah. Oh, uh, you know, I did. I was walking around and I saw a guy dragging a clam on a leash. You did? Yeah. I thought to myself, man, it must be hard to walk with a pulled muscle.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Well, now, let's see if we can get this show on the right track with a little bit of environmental justice. (laughs) Oh... this is, uh, I, I always like when we, uh, when we, um, do a little interdisciplinary work and mm-hmm. especially when we get social studies and then I did get a little social studies in to a project this week. So did you I'll talk a little bit about that in just a minute? But first we're going to turn this over to the wonderful, mhm Mr. Dave Bidlowski in the Middle School
2: Science Minute. Hi, this is Dave Bidlowski of K12Science.net, and this is your K12 Science Podcast. I was recently reading the November December 2022 issue of The Science Teacher, a publication of the National Science Teaching Association, and I read the section Idea Bank Tips and Techniques for Creative Teaching, written by Fatima Mergasemi. And she wrote an article entitled Getting to the Stem of Environmental Justice. And in the article, she explained what environmental justice is and how it impacts the science classroom. She said that the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, or EPA, defines environmental justice as the fair treatment and meaningful involvement of all people, regardless of race, color, national origin, or income with respect to the development, implementation, and enforcement of environmental laws, regulations, and policies. As public servants, teachers play a crucial role in shaping what meaningful involvement looks like in the K-12 setting. What makes projects centered around this topic particularly appealing is that students get a chance to explore their own communities and employ the scientific method to advocate for a cause relevant to them in an interdisciplinary manner. And she said to take air pollution, for example. In a 2018 TED Talk, Romaine Lacombe, the CEO and founder of Plume Labs, identified air pollution as a burning public health crisis that causes 7 million premature deaths every year and annually costs the world economy over $5 billion. According to Lacombe, more individuals die yearly from car exhaust in the united states than road casualties however not all communities are equally impacted by air pollution in an interview published by the yale school of the environment it discussed how communities of color welcome industrial development in hopes of economic prosperity yet pay disproportionate costs by compromising their health due to industrial waste disposal in their vicinity. A recent study done by Harvard University found a statistically significant relationship between long-term exposure to particulate matter and increased mortality rates from COVID-19. A physical science teacher could take air pollution as an opportunity to teach students about the composition of matter by discussing air as a mixture. In the case of her students, they used air sensors to measure nitrous oxide, particulate matter, and volatile organic compounds across various parts of their cities. Students worked in groups to discuss their assumptions about factors they perceived to have an impact on air pollution levels, such as effluence, traffic, and vegetation. Based on these assumptions, They chose various parts of the city to collect data and compare pollution levels to their own neighborhoods. Due to the virtual nature of their class, she collected the data samples for her students, but allowed them to look at the numbers and draw conclusions themselves. To her students' surprise, they found that pollution in their city was much more dynamic and unpredictable than they had expected they came to conclude that many other factors, including the presence of wind, variability in temperature, and the day that samples are taken on, can have a significant impact on results. Furthermore, many places that they thought would have lower levels of air pollution, such as parks and nature centers, turned out to be just as polluted as other parts of the city. By being given the chance to interact with data about places that mattered to them, Her students experienced a newfound appreciation for data and how it can undermine many of our assumptions about our surroundings. This appreciation is evident in the enthusiasm her students brought to their assignment, producing original artwork to embellish the posters that they had presented at a national symposium hosted by the Children's Environmental Literacy Foundation. And this has been your K-12 Science Podcast
0: all right we have so you had the week off I did. It was nice. <laughs> I did not
1: <laughs> I'm sorry
0: and uh, so one of the things that you were doing on your week off besides napping or in addition yeah. to napping I should say yeah in addition to napping was making a Moodle box
1: yeah yeah I thought I'd uh, I thought I'd make a Moodle box this week. I came close. I mean, I did the software part of it. I just haven't actually plugged it into the machine and turned it on. But the right, well, interesting part is plugging it in, and, or is making the the software part is not necessarily plugging in the box and turning it on. That's Moodle. But
0: yeah, let's go back for a second and tell all the, every all the listeners what a Moodle box is.
1: <laughs> yeah, what is a Moodle box? So they have some
0: context for for what you're doing.
1: All right, so uh, uh, many of you may be familiar with Moodle, the the learning management system, right? So you can put in courses and put in activities. H5P is a great tool there Um, and create uh, coursework for students to do, right, and help them learn whatever you're teaching. So uh, that requires uh, some server space and um, somebody on a server side to set things up. But once that's all set up, you just, you go, you just use it. So, imagine for a moment you uh, uh, you take a small computer like a Raspberry Pi four hundred or a Raspberry Pi, just
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm gonna I want to try this on an Orange Pi five hundred or eight hundred, but that's down the road. Um, imagine putting it on a Raspberry Pi four hundred, and you could do everything, turning that Raspberry Pi four hundred into the Moodle server,
2: mm-hmm. where you
1: just walk into class, you plug in the the, the keyboard, which is the computer, and away you go, you know, and you don't have to worry. Hey, the internet's down? No, it's not. No, no, it's not. It's right here. It's on, it's on this little thing right here. See? So I'm very curious about all the wonderful different possibilities in which to apply this. For example, you know, uh, someplace in Ukraine, you know, because it'll mm-hmm. hold uh, twenty to thirty different connections at one time into mm-hmm. it, right? Uh, you got intermittent power. It doesn't matter. If power goes out on this thing. You're not going to hurt the machine. The way you turn the Raspberry Pi off is to unplug it. And away <laughs> it goes. Right. Right. Um, so you can get one with a with uh, the wires with a little intermittent switch. And you just click on, and click off, and that's how you shut it down. It's 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 a it's a funky little tool. So imagine all different things like so. It's basically a school. I, I, I it's a school. And then I can take uh, all, all of the OERs I can find and throw it on there. And now it becomes a school that can go FedEx or UPS to a place where it's needed. I don't know. I'm just spraying my spitball. Ideally, what I'd like to use it for right now is uh, I'm doing a, a conference session on h 5 p And I don't know that the internet connection will be reliable where I'm going. So I'm just going to take my little Moodle box. So I'm going to say... You know, for this, we're not going to worry about the fact that there are hundreds of other people on the same network we are right now. Excuse me. And um, we have to try to reach a server in Vilnius, Lithuania. Let's just, you know, let's do this. So um, I bought bought an SD card. And I, you know, it's a lot easier than the way it used to be because now all you need is this. uh, So Raspberry Pi Foundation has a software uh, tool. Mm -hmm. And you go in there and you click which software you want to put on the SD card. And one of those is Moodlebox. And say, yeah, just uh, here, click, click, and make this Moodlebox. And it does. So, um, so much easier I thought it was going to be. You have to understand, I do not code. I haven't coded since Apple Soft, which is 1980s, right? (laughs) um, Have
0: things changed a bit since the 1980s? (laughs) In so one of the cool games. things
1: yeah it's something the more things the more things change the more they don't right mm-hmm. um it's having having programmed even back in the 1980s as a kid when people start talking about how like systems work and like how this all works and where i can fall back on that and pretty much get the idea as to what's going on that's the cool right. thing about it the the negative thing about it is that they're talking about like blocks of code and you're like I never had to worry about blocks of code. I had to worry about making sure I got my REM statements in the right place. And uh, my strings weren't uh, filled with uh, no data and, you know, stuff like that. So it is helpful, but I just haven't used that sort of thing. I want to think I'm kicking myself because I, you know, I need to, there's a cron job I need to fix and I can't do it because I don't program. But um, so Moodlebox, um, it's going to be Moodle uh, to go it'll be on a Raspberry Pi 400 and then I want to play with a Raspberry Pi 800 and see if I can get it to work on there because it supports uh, Debian and a bunch of other different Linux distros and Mm -hmm. it's actually got a faster processor and it's got better wireless uh, innards inside so I might be able to support even more connections or have a better transfer speed but you know it, and things, things to do to, uh, do to keep myself entertained, right?
0: Yeah, and we're going to link to the MoodleBox um, site as well, and um, it's a Moodle platform on Raspberry Pi. The they they say it's uh, the whole bill of material amounts to about ninety bucks. So for ninety bucks, you'd have a server, everything that you need for. For running a, a Moodle instance um, and their tagline is a small box in the table that brings Moodle to the entire classroom at the touch of magic, yeah, that's all right so so you're going use the so you're going to use this for a conference, which I think is a great idea, right and conferences Damn. have gotten much better at having internet access, but still. Um, and this would completely take that, um, concern away. Cause now you're in control of, of that. Right. So even if you, right. even if you did it as a backup, it would be mm-hmm. like, you know, here you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to do this. Oh, that doesn't work. Don't worry. <laughs> here we go. Plug it in and, um, connect to this and away we go. Um, so, conferences, I think, is one way. I think that also, um, you could use it in classrooms to prevent a whole lot of uh shenanigans, right? Because now you're yeah. guaranteeing you're you're, you're you're this is you know, if you lock them down to this is the site that you're using, means that they're not going on to other places, so you create a very secure environment for what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I, I think I know where you're going with this. You're, you're, are you referring to, like, AI tools and that sort of thing?
0: No, really. I wasn't going to, with AI tools. I was just thinking there's some places where okay, where, there's some instances where you want to control where, where kids are going and what you could theoretically do is take uh take a device so take a chromebook and say you can only collect connect to this access point
1: right and that's yeah you'd have to lock that part down
0: yeah so now you, you don't have to f- fight with you know kids are playing this game kids are right. doing that game it's like no they they, they can't they are Constrained to what we've got set up for,
1: yep, here no, that's true. And kind of thing. And the nice thing about doing it all on a Moodle box is that you don't have if there's if they if that is the only wireless access point access point they're allowed to go to, then you also eliminating the, uh, the whole AI uh, consternation that's been running around the net mm-hmm. here, this, especially this past week, and apparently it's going like gangbusters. It's not only was it's like um, it's like the the there was a leak in the in the in the wall in the uh in in the dam and, and now that leak is, is exploded into a, a rushing tidal flood. Right. Uh with all the stuff that's come out here this past week that's popped up in my feed anyway. And it may have been out sooner, I don't know. But it's one thing and the next thing you know, it's boom. Everybody's on board. It's like, well, where did all this come from all of a sudden? But there it is, you know, and now everybody's having conversations about what do we do about it. And there's a lot of talk about, you remember when three years ago we were all rushing to tech? Well, it looks like we're going to rush back the other way. So it'll <laughs> be interesting to see what happens, these conversations.
0: Yeah, the um, state of New York has just banned AI from teachers and students. Um, really? And I thought that was, it's like, yeah, that's going to work. <laughs> because what they can do is they can ask you know they can ask uh network admins to block a, a list sure. of sites. Yeah. <laughs> and that can do be done. But uh-huh. you know, that's the that's you know kind of the ultimate whack-a-mole kind of situation right. there. And uh, I'll get around it the
1: same way I do now.
0: Uh, so, and well, and I, I mean even at that, pick up your phone and boom right. you're you're no longer um in there so i'm not sure what i mean it makes a statement right it makes a
1: yeah we've said we've done something you know now it's on you
0: uh, i get it don't don't do this we're not we're not condoning this so so there the the other thing that i thought of is um kids who don't have access at home so for if you were to if you need a kid to do homework and they don't have access if they did have as long as they had power you could make a moodle box say here take this home plug it in and exactly uh, you know you don't have to worry about uh you know it's not it's not the uh, i wouldn't want to like manage 30 of them at once or anything but um right i wonder if you could or- <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, so there are tons of ideas, like you for actually, example, um,
0: yeah if you did the whole course I'm sorry, I'm just thinking uh, this one through so hard. if you had actually prepped out the course, right, you could you know just ins- you could install it 30 times. Yeah. but the only thing is, is if you make changes, you've got to go back and make 30 changes in that situation.
1: Oh, that's true. This is gonna be if you put a course on there, it's gotta be like a doctoral thesis. I mean you've gotta like have gone through it a thousand <laughs> times with a fine tooth comb, looking for every little thing,
0: yeah. and even
1: then once it's done, it's like you can't micromanage settings because right you know it it, but for, it is what it is
0: but for a one off kind of situation or you know for certain basic situations, it could be a way around the um we don't have internet access or um you know kind of thing so well,
1: re- yeah. remember when aaron sams and uh jonathan uh, smith uh, were t- all talking about the flipped classroom right yeah well you could take these things put it on a little raspberry pi and put those out as loaners because they used to loan out ipods i don't know what they're doing now because you can't get an ipod <laughs> to do this with anymore <laughs> but um uh, you know, you put, you do a, do a loaner of a raspberry pie, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you, some raspberry pies you, you could get. This is why I'm interested in the orange pie because the raspberry Pi right now is so difficult to get that it's costing up to in some cases, a couple hundred bucks in order to get what you want. But I can get an orange pie for 30 bucks, 35 bucks,
0: mm-hmm.
1: 35 bucks I can do right. And put and the base course on there.
0: That's pretty much the normal price of a Raspberry Pi, right? Yeah. Thirty-five to fifty-five, depending on um, depending on which version and um, uh, how much horsepower it has.
1: And, and, and the, you don't need a special monitor for it. These things can plug into the TV, and most of these kids have a TV, so it's 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 you know it's something that they can it's something that can be done. Uh, There are still programs in the United States anyway of uh, low-income neighborhoods being able to get uh, essentially dial-up speed internet from uh, local cable providers. Um, So there's that possibility. I mean, there's folks that have abused that, and so they're not allowed access to it anymore. So you have a few of those, but yeah, no, this would be perfect. The perfect solution for, yes, but my student doesn't have, that's okay. You know what, what I do have (laughs) is I've got this little box here. You take it home, plug it into your TV and then, uh, or plug it in. And then when the wireless signal comes up, they could just log into that. the nice thing about it is that it's all local, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's say there's, let's say you're collaborating with a classroom overseas, right? And they don't have internet access or, They have an internet access, which is uh, heavily trafficked, right? Because thin bandwidth, lots of users. You're going to avoid all the troubles or problems of having to lock into something international just by having this little box right there. Granted, shipping the box there is going to cost an hour a leg, but, you know, now you've got choices, whereas before you didn't have choices.
0: Yeah. 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 And I hadn't really thought about it for the homework or classrooms or classrooms before but as we were you know talking through there it's like oh you could use that if you wanted to create and kind of a controlled environment because there's a lot of middle school kids there's several middle school kids who really have trouble with focus and this would <laughs> allow you to mm-hmm. provide them with an experience and they can't get off task well i mean they can't get off task by going to social media or Roblox or right. know, Minecraft or or they can't get distracted that way because it it doesn't just doesn't work that way.
1: Yeah, and, and for those that are delving down to it and saying yes, but they could just so one of the things you can put in on your Moodle page is who's in the class, who's there right now. And so if they wander off the IP address for the Moodle box. Then they have to leave the Moodle, and you simply look at your your tab, your box on the right hand side there of your screen, and you can see who's in the class and who's not in the class right now. And when they leave, they won't be there. And you're like, um, you're no longer logged into the uh, the, the Moodle box, are you? Yep.
0: Yeah, but but no, but hold I'll on, go back. Hold on, because you could set up the hmm. Moodle box so that they uh, so if you are restricting them to go to the Moodle box, yes, right? Yes. Then you, and you do not connect the Moodle box to the external network. Correct. Then they can't go anywhere other than your Moodle instance, for example.
1: Okay. What I'm thinking is if you're sitting in my classroom and I've got this up and running, you Mm -hmm. simply switch internet connections and you're back to Roblox. But I'll be able to see that you you switched.
0: What I'm saying is if you lock those devices down to that Moodle box... They can't go anywhere else, so they can't open Roblox or right or you know, email. This is the part. Or...
1: This, this is the part of the show where, where we remind folks that you're the IT director. <laughs> and I'm just the teacher and don't have access to those things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he can do I, that. Can my do that. job is to that. remind you that these things can be done. Not that you may be able to do them in your instance, but...
1: No. No, I can't. But, yeah. So... But, no, I can talk to people about it. That's the best part.
0: Yeah, and there's... um, I think you can do that... uh, I don't know if you can do that time-based or not. Hmm. I don't know. I have to look at that. Um,
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, do it during certain hours. Right.
0: Right. So yeah. during certain hours, you're limited to this this IP,
1: and then you could do your uh, you could do your esports clubs afterwards, and not have to worry about so, that. Yeah, So, yeah. I'd no, have to that's good. Check
0: that because uh, I know you can set a preferred network, but I don't know if you can time that. I think it has to be just that.
1: If that type of stuff would require specific knowledge. It would very specific knowledge, and yeah. and you could get. An invite to very specific knowledge as a beta tester, and you're one of those beta testers.
0: I am. I am a beta tester. Not only am I a beta tester for knowledge, which we have learned, N O L E J is pronounced (laughs) (laughs) knowledge.
1: Pardon me, still wants to do it that way. I'm Uh, a beta tester for the knowledge program. Take a match. Uh,
0: Yeah. So, and you also got uh, accepted into the beta program. I did. Yep. Mm -hmm. So what the, what this is proposing to do, and it's going to be interesting to see um, how this really, really works out, is this is going to be, this is a beta program again. Um, It's an e-learning authoring tool created by AI. Um, And one of their uh, little headings here is Interactives Created in Five Minutes Instead of Five Hours. Um, And they had some interesting guidelines in the beta um, part. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how it works out and how you you structure things and format things. Uh, And then how much it's going to cost once it actually is a thing. But I think it's very interesting to um to look at and play around with and say okay can we create things can we create them quickly and easily are they accurate can we take some of those things off of the teacher's plate and make it work that's how i'm looking at it how are you looking at this
1: uh i want to know how this can take a bunch of things off of my plate and make my (laughs) So, so I'll tell you how I'm looking at it in my, my expectations for it. Right. So based on what they said it could do and granted, I don't always read things clearly, but, um, here's what I, based on it, I want to be able to look at a piece, take a piece of text and, or a video, primarily a video and be able to say, I don't want to sit here for three hours running through the video, figuring out the question. Going back and then piecing parsing back to where the piece was in the video so I can say if they get the question right or wrong, they have to jump back to and and I, I say this because when I talk to other teachers primarily about how they're using Edpuzzle, they're not doing it for their own content creation. Notice they're not doing it because they've mm-hmm. got a video that they want to use and that's right. the question they want to ask. They're doing it because what everybody else has done and they say, well, I just go grab somebody else's video and I can use it. And it's just, it's, it's easy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Is that exactly the video? And that's not the video I wanted. And I have to hunt for the thing that comes close. There is one that's a lot better, but nobody's done it. So I'm not going to do it because I don't have the time. I'm just going to go use somebody else's. So it's finding the best fit. For, you know the pieces i want to use well this takes that incentive and says uh, it's no longer a piece anymore if i take and run this through knowledge then i all i have to do is tweak i don't have to go and create out a whole cloth right um the other thing is that i'm building a class a pct uh patient care technician class uh if you know me i have a uh degree in history a degree in social studies a uh, triple minor in elementary education, a master's in education. Nothing in there was said nursing. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> in there said nursing. Um, and so I'm working and building this class and essentially teaching myself as the, as I go in order to create and do the right questions and knowledge. I could be able, I could or should be able to take a piece of text, throw it in there, and knowledge should be able to give me a one bunch of wonderful little tools that I can just throw in there. Without actually having uh, a degree in this stuff to begin with, uh, now as it is, I'm using ChatGPT very effectively. I love this piece of ChatGPT. I'll take a piece of text, and one of the things they recommend is chunking the text. I totally get right. it. Right, right, I'll take a piece of text, and I'll go into ChatGPT and say, "Give me three true not true or false, three multiple choice questions about this text," and then I go through and I find one or two that I want to use, double check it within the text and move on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So much less time in the workflow for creating this, this course. I'm not going to teach this course. I'm just helping somebody create it and do it. And they're going to and be able to and tweak it to the way they want it anyway. I'm just providing potential resource.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, and somebody is going to be just before people get, uh, a little too far down <laughs> there, there is someone else who is going to be checking yeah the material yes. verifying yep. that it's accurate and potentially asking for tweaks right potentially asking for yes this this question isn't really what i was looking for can we use this question but then at least it's a starting point in its discussion instead of the nurse pre the nurse coming up with a bunch of questions they have some questions to refer to and say yeah i don't like this question or oh that's a good question right so it's not like we're accepting what ai is is kicking out as gospel
1: no no everything has to be well yeah that's the other thing you can't take it as gospel so the (laughs) the person i'm doing this for obviously has to go in and look at everything the other thing is that a lot of the questions are not higher thinking level they're all lower level thinking questions they're not bad questions just so the the person i'm working with she's going to have to actually develop the higher thinking level questions anyway right
0: right right.
1: well but now she doesn't have to worry about all of the lower level ones i'm going to be able to take care of that for her she can then focus on what is it that you know uh what's the 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 higher level cognition pieces i really want them to uh give me and she can focus on that um so it it's it's a nice little tool is it a hundred percent could i say go write me a curriculum on no you're not, not gonna do that um is it gonna eliminate teachers in the entire process absolutely not is it gonna get rid of experts absolutely not right my little minor in science is uh going to be put to the test here right um i'm still gonna use still gonna use that piece of my education um so it, it this is a nice little tool i'm and i'm hoping that knowledge will help me with that because it's going to take the um the the base parts of building a curriculum and do mm-hmm. the base parts and then i can focus on the all right so now how do i have them demonstrate demonstrate mastery in a creative way that's so there's no, no i you know i i just have very low expectations for knowledge
0: well <laughs> but <laughs> But essentially, what we're what we're both kind of kind of looking at is removing the drudgery, yes. part, um, and allowing teachers to do the things that teachers should do. You know, the higher mm-hmm. level things that need to be teacher things, and and hopefully take away some of the mundane things, and those mundane things become a little bit bigger a little broader, right? More falls into the mundane bucket that we can take away. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. Um, and uh, as uh, I've talked about before, um, I did an art AI art project with seventh graders and we started an AI art project with eighth graders. Um, working with a working with a, a fantastic art teacher, who is very flexible and saying, oh, "I want to take it this way. I want to do this with it, and and that." So that's been nice. We did. We introduced the kids to bias this week <laughs> oh. because they all created. We we had them create. Um, you know, using the text to image, they had to describe a person that they knew. And, and then they were to, uh, they turned in the, the image and, and that. And we put the, so I put the images all together into you know like a slideshow so we could look at one after another, after another, after another. The kids really like seeing their images up on the board, by the way. <laughs> cool. Um, and we talked about what the prompt was and who did we get we got all very light skinned models <laughs> and so we talked about bias and we you know kind of kind of led them to the you know what do you see what do you what you know what do you notice kind of thing and um you know they noticed that the eyes look bad <laughs> cuz yeah. the eyes look bad <laughs> they do. you do you can almost always tell by you know, just look at the eyes. It's like maybe he doesn't do eyes yet. Well um and fingers. Hands. Hands frequently have six fingers. Sometimes they have four. Sometimes there's three legs involved. <laughs> it's like wait a minute <laughs> Why is there three legs there? And why is there a random hand <laughs> around their shoulder? Yeah. yeah. So there was some um, you know, so we did have some oddity, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and we were we were, but we were looking for the The kids are the kids are are you know they're great. They're eighth graders, um, and they're having fun with it. And we're going to do some art parts next week, and I think we're going to talk about gender bias as well. So, asking the AI to create job-specific things and see, you know, what we come up with. So, so yeah. So it's been it's been interesting.
1: The uh, I, I, I fiddled with it, and one of the things I was working on a medieval thing. I wanted a picture for, and um, the the best one. i shouldn't say best that's not right the one that made me laugh the most was i wanted a a knight on horseback and it gave me a knight on horseback the eyes were picasso right Mm -hmm. all weird but the, the one the part that made me laugh the most was that here's a knight sitting on a horse but his hips and his knees are towards the back of the horse right? <laughs> and his feet are in the wrong way in the stirrups. and But the rest of him is facing the right way, you know, forward. And you're like, hmm. <laughs>
2: it's
1: just a little something they're missing from their knowledge <laughs> of human anatomy. But I, you get the kick out of it. it's, Yeah. Uh, later in the show we'll talk about some tips. There's some a lady giving some really good ideas about how to, I think it's in the show, um, how to, uh, if you word your entry into the thing more specifically you can avoid a lot of these inherent biases so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know anyway but that's later in the show not now yeah
0: yeah well so would that be part of the omniverse
1: I couldn't think of the name I meant to ask you that before the show so I just (laughs) said omniverse because I couldn't remember and I was too lazy to look at what we called it last week So yeah, whatever. Whatever it is. Yeah. So I thought this was interesting. Um hardmorrow Hardmar- at Hardmorrow, uh a hashtag stable diffusion model trained on images of Japanese kanji characters, came up with quote unquote fake kanji for novel concepts like skyscraper, Pikachu, Elon Musk, Deep Learning, uh, YouTube, uh, Gundam, Singularity, etc. Um and they kind of make sense and not bad. So they did. There's a whole set of Japanese characters that make absolutely, they're not legit, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're completely made up. They look legit, but they are completely, they're cool looking. It's like when people get uh, <laughs> Chinese characters on their tattoos, right? Yeah. And the Chinese read them and go, why would you put that on your body? <laughs> and it was, well, it looks cool. Yeah, but do you know what it says? Right? It's, it's, it's kind of like that, you know, you could put this as a tattoo. It looks really cool makes no 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 language sense whatsoever so i throw that out there as kind of a so uh this is art that you know mm-hmm. type of thing yeah Uh um, this
0: isn't but and, and this is so i have to ask this is interesting because the first one is water is there not a there's got to be a, like a word for there is. water okay
1: there is what but what they did was they said oh, um but oh, we're gonna make fake kanji we're gonna uh, fake okay,
0: uh, uh, okay, got it.
1: Calligraphy, for lack of a better term, I guess, uh, characters. Yeah. So we're gonna come up with something new, all right. I want you to be inventive and let's go with this, right? So I look at the word for God, and it's actually a combination of an Arabic uh, letter and uh, the Chinese character for China, right? But this is Japanese, right? So it's, yeah. So there's a number of other ones here that are interesting as well. Um, Pikachu's half window, half uh, tail. You know, it's... Oh, I say window. It's the the Chinese character for window, but I don't know what the Japanese character would be. But put two of those and you have exit or way out or exile. But anyway, I I digress. Um, (laughs) So if you take um, the the character for iron or for, for work in Chinese and you stack it on top of each other, you've got Elon Musk in this in this language, this new language. But it's not legit. I'm totally reading into it what
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, my all of my back history. Because this is supposed to be Japanese, not Chinese, but I'm reading
0: Chinese stuff Chinese. into it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, like I said. Um it's artwork. It really is straight up legit artwork. It's not a language at all. But uh Rohit Gumari. Uh, that hashtag DevOps guy uh, at ghumari64. And I think it's interesting because Rohit uh, put um, five AI tools. Five Several AI
0: tools. of which we've talked about long yeah. before AI became kind of a thing too.
1: Yeah. And now it's turning out that they're, they're connecting these and... You could actually uh, work these in conjunction with each other. For example, uh, cleanup.pictures is to remove unwanted objects from photos. But you can actually do that in a lot of photo programs, now. Um, you don't need that website. Um, copy.ai, get a great copy that, uh, that sells. It's an AI-powered copywriter. generates high-quality copy for your business. Most people don't realize with the manuals and things that they read online, a AI copy editor has written most of that. Somebody sat and approved it, obviously, but they didn't All have right. to sit there and hammer it out at the typewriter. Um, Luca.com, uh, design a logo, make a website, create a brand identity you love with the power of AI. Sounddraw.io, Sounddraw is a music generator for creators. Uh, select the type of music you want, uh, select the genre, instruments, mood, length, etc. And let AI generate beautiful songs for you. You know, I'm thinking that it could be a, a podcast show intro, right? And so I'm going to share this with my kids. And I'm going to say, look, you don't have to generate original music for your your podcast that you're going to do on the 27th, by the way, um, for all my students <laughs> who
2: are
0: listening. Um,
1: you know, they don't have to. They could use this and type in what they want and let the AI create something. I tell the kids, look. Um, you want to? You can do this project as a musical. I don't care if you take Hamilton and you get rid of their lyrics and put in your own. Go for it. But actually, you could. There are AIs now that you say, "Here's what I want to say." Put it in lyrics in, into a lyrical form, and then make it a piece of music, and it'll do it. It won't be necessarily be great music, but it'll do it, right? Mm-hmm. And so kids can actually create their own musicals using an AI. Construct from just basically saying this is what I want to do. Uh, you.com, I tried this one the other night. You.com, it's not 100% perfect yet, you can tell it's rough around the edges. But you.com provides a whole slew of services like uh, chat, um, code writing, um, straight up copywriting, um, uh, images, and then a social media type thing. So I went in and I said, Look, here's what I want give me a five paragraph essay. Um, citing Rick Wormley talking about, uh, differentiation in middle school education. And it gave me three paragraphs instead of five. Uh, fine. It's not like I had to work hard at it. Um, and I took those and I put it on, I put it in Facebook and I said, you know, Hey, this is what a, this is what you.com came up with for when I typed in this prompt and whatever. And I had a number of folks just kind of. Uh, give me the old wow shocked um, uh, emoji thinking, really? It could do this? You know? Now, the next thing I want to do, don't tell Jack. Don't tell Rick. Okay. (laughs) But what I want to do is I want to have it create a a constructive conversation between Rick Wormley and Jack Berkemeyer on the topic of differentiation. And I'll let him just go at it, right? And see what happens just for fun. But Mm -hmm. I'm not sure it'll work. But Imagine that and then all of a sudden publishing. Hey, guess what I heard Rick say? And then publish the <laughs> conversation. Right? That'll cause problems. Don't uh, don't do that by the way. No. Um no. 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 Um, the modest teacher. At modest teacher. Uh the sub trying to take attendance, and it's the image, and it's an image of one of the clerks of the house as she's calling <laughs> the roll for the twelfth mm-hmm. time. Um, All 435 names. Um, And you can see she's starting to get a little frustrated because it's been three days of reading the same names. But um, I appreciate uh, what she did and I appreciate this picture because I'm so going to stick that on a bunch of memes. (laughs) Um, G.K. Chesterton at G.K. Daily. All sincere poetry is also philosophy, even if it Uh, be unconscious philosophy. I thought that's a great reminder. And uh, also uh, a reminder to uh, stick some poetry in my, in my lessons. It's a wonderful, wonderful medium for teaching SRI and E-T-T-C at SRI E-T-T-C. Uh, Valentine's day STEM challenges. And there's a link in the show notes for you. And it's got, uh, one, two, three, uh, eight different Valentine's day printable STEM challenges for you to give your kids and say, all right, see this, go do, and, uh, have them try to figure out how to solve these little problems. Um, cool little, uh, tasks to hand Mm out. Uh,
0: several involve candy hearts, by the way.
1: Oh, yes. One of one of those uh, about melting candy hearts. So, the, you know, those little candy hearts that they give each other or people give, but nobody, I don't, do people actually really eat? I mean, it's, I used to eat one or two and it was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> And you know. were thinking I could
0: eat chalk.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought I was eating chalk, I think. Um, but the best part was, oh, the best part, it, I was thinking to myself, um, if I'm going to like, if I'm going to like consume worthless carbs... Am I really going to spend that worthless carb count on this? <laughs> and yeah, so that's what that's what I think. Heather Cooper at uh, HB Coop uh, AI prompt writing. Oh, I did put it in this week's show. This is what I was talking about earlier. So AI prompt writing. If you're, we have we're just like the seventh graders when it comes to the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, if you're writing about a specific topic, include key phrases in the prompt. So if you want an African American in the picture, you get, you put it in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can. It starts from a default. It has to because it's a computer. So, um, but if you put in what you want and be very specific about it, you can eliminate a lot of those things that you would declare as a bias. Whereas the computer says, "You, know, you just didn't give the information, Isis." So this is what I went to. It's my default. Uh, for example, write an outline about the impact of social media on mental health, including the following key points, online harassment and self-esteem, which if you think about it, if you got kids who um, want to write about a topic, but they're not sure where to begin, you could stick that in a, in a chat GPT and have them generate that prompt and say, all right, well, here, here's your research. Start there, you know, find something on each one of these.
0: Right, and the thing that we were talking about is if you don't include it, why? what is What is its default? Right, because one of the things I wanted mm-hmm. kids to to really process is that the AI comes from somewhere, that humans were involved in writing the algorithm, and that there is bias deeply embedded into this. So,
1: and if it was written in Africa, it'd be written with an African default. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, it's. Just- Human nature. Um, magreta. That's how I'm going to say it because I don't know. Magreta. At magreta at org At CogDog. Hi, Alan. Take a look at our quote-unquote time machine built with H5P Virtual Tour 360. The students travel from room to room by finding out which year they are in. Very cool idea, right? You were talking something about this, like doing a quantum leap type thing, and this could be like a quantum leap TV show type of type thing where they into a room and have to figure it out, right?
0: Yeah. Now, is this is this open source or is this? This this is an H five
1: P virtual tour, so Uh, I don't know that she's published the actual tour.
0: Yeah, the link goes to a Discord.
1: Okay, so that's what I don't
0: want to open. I don't want to open Discord right now. <laughs> As we're recording a show, yeah. opening Discord I, is probably not my best option. Try, where'd you go? I mean, sure. Yeah. I think I have enough RAM, but mm,
1: I think it's bandwidth.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, would, Doug Holton. Yeah, I
1: would. I would definitely um, uh, be be hurting on the bandwidth. Doug Holton at Doug Holton. Handout, open education resources and open pedagogy. I actually use this when I'm building that nursing course or that PCT course. Um, some wonderful links to resources on the basics of finding, using, and authoring OER resources, uh, textbooks, et cetera, including student generated resources at Open Pedagogy. Some cool things there, by the way. And I'll add a second page to the handout in the coming weeks with resources on H5P Pressbooks and preparations for our workshop. Um, uh, J. M. Gulen or Miguel Gulen, uh, mm-hmm. at Mastodon. Education. Uh, my notes. This is you, I think, right? You
0: put this in. Oh uh, no, no, you can do this one.
1: <laughs> I can, but it would sound really stupid. So <laughs> I'm gonna let you do this because you so, know what it. Why you put. So J. Mcullen
0: is he is the he's involved in TCEA. I think he's the director of, of it. Um, That was cool. And um, he shared my notes writing in middle school C.E.R. um, So it's Claim Evidence Reasoning. Okay. Um, And he's referencing a book that he's recommending um, uh, called My Notes. um, And it's written by Scott Phillips. Um, and author Scott Phillips spent 10 years perfecting writing in middle school science while teaching sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. He's been called the father of primal teaching and understands that if it's, uh, if ideas are not easy and simple, teachers won't use them. So he's recommending the, um, a book and, uh, I know we have some science teachers involved in, um they may enjoy this and you know uh maybe we'll hear from the uh our in-house expert on science maybe he's familiar with this Ooh. book or would yeah. like to be familiar with the book or something like that but i'm cool. share that so yeah so we have uh we've got that we do yeah. have um some culture that people might want to check out. Ooh. Um this one's hm, this one's interesting, so I wanna, I wanna what hear about this you? one.
1: What intrigues you about this one?
0: Well, I mean I'm familiar with this f- from a different perspective. Um obviously. Okay. The you know, through the looking glass of the sure what <laughs> white rabbit and <laughs> we can go into a jefferson airplane song for you here <laughs> yeah you you, uh, you,
1: there's so many ways you could go with this <laughs> you tell it when they're typing this title in their little section they're like wonder how many different places we can go with this one <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So. Well, they decided that uh, they were going to use it in reference to a new study published by the Journal for America, Journal of American Medicine um, in Pediatrics, uh, suggesting that teens who use social media during their formative years have alterations in their brain chemistry, particularly in how they respond to social rewards. Um, they so you know uh, when you were coming up with uh, when you have a principal who says, "Oh, you know, do a reward system; it'll work." Well based on what's happening here, may not. So you have to kind of uh, feel that one out. All the, all the standard tools we relied on in the past aren't necessarily there. Or they don't respond to it in the same way as they did before. Uh, fragile as glass. I don't know if that's a reference to anything else, but um, they're using here in the literal sense because uh, so, uh, uh, social psychologist Jonathan Haidt, H-A-I-D-T, I was writing for the Wall Street Journal, it's behind the paywall, um, about what he perceives as a lack of resilience among people. And he's saying that they lack grit. They just don't have the grit. They don't have the tenacity to see something through and to finish the job. And he calls them fragile as glass.
0: Mm, okay. That's interesting.
1: That's, yeah. I think it happens every generation, right? Because you go back to Socrates, and he says one of the things that (laughs) it's like, yeah, this is not new. So you you just you just pulled this out of an ancient Greek text and copied over to the journal, I think. Right. But um, uh, yeah, you could actually probably put that one on a map, right? You can mark it with GIS or. (laughs)
0: yeah so um a lot of people are familiar with arc g i s and a lot of schools get it for free, but it is not free outside of school and I think some schools have to pay for it it's like a hundred bucks a year or something um but using uh g i s applications can be um really kind of neat um <clears throat> and there's there's just lots of, of use built off of it. And QGIS is a user-friendly, open-source geographic information system. It's licensed under the GNU, the new general public license. So it runs on Linux, Mac, Windows, and Android, and supports all kinds of vector raster and database formats and functionalities. So if you're looking for something that does uh, GIS, or that does GIS and is free and open source, and you know that you can, um, you want to create your own kind of things, this could be very valuable. Um, you made reference to a particular activity that I may be playing around with to publish, Um, and this may come into play with that, because what I'm looking at is uh, there's an activity in Moodle where you can have kids go certain places, and you can either make them physically go there. Um, Hint, when we do our uh, introduction to the school next year, I think this is how we're going to do it. We're going to have them go to certain places and go to the library, scan the QR code, and then here's your next clue on where to go. So we're going to do a scavenger hunt around the building to find all the important places that they need to find. Um, But I'm also thinking of doing um, some Civil War battlefields because they don't have to actually go there. You have a choice. You can make them go there or you can have them click Mm -hmm. on a map to say, I would go here. So I'm thinking of creating uh, Civil War battlefields where they would have to click to identify where the battlefield is. Then they'd have to answer a question to figure out where they need to go next. Um, And it'd just be something kind of fun for them to do and fun for me to do. And this GIS allows you to create an overlay that you can use as well. Does that work for you?
1: Yeah, it works okay. good. I'm, uh, the rest of the show is you. By the way, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to be over here.
0: <laughs> Sean is, Sean has wandered off to to look at maps and putting layers on maps and all kinds actually, of stuff.
1: Actually, I, I have a secret. You know, the audience doesn't know this, but actually, I've just been having Chat GPT do the whole show, <laughs> right? And I've been off doing something else.
0: There you go. um you talked about having kids make music
2: yeah Um, well
0: or background sounds or that kind of thing yeah yeah um diddy toy uh not my favorite name but um it's there um allows you to create little ditties um so if you're looking for some um some music or beats or some of that thing, you might wanna take a look at that. So uh, Sean, you might want to play around with that one <laughs> while you're creating your layers and QGIS as well.
1: Wait, wait, wait wait, what was that? What'd you say? What? <laughs> oh, sorry.
0: Uh, I said, there's a fantasy world uh, that you are (laughs) (laughs) not only in, but you're also there's uh, some books that you're uh, a series that you're reading as well.
1: This has got the whole code and everything, line by line (laughs) code. This is why it's not after AppleSoft. Anyway, Furleys.
0: It's a it's a It is a user-friendly copy-paste kind of thing, though you don't have to write all your own code. Just FYI. Yeah. No, it's cool. Okay. So you were. (laughs) You've been talking about reading. You read the books, I think it is. Yeah, I remember. I read all four books. Yep. Good series. uh,
1: Good set of books. Yes. And for teachers, too. So, episode 3 came out on the 30th. Episode 4 is going to drop February 10th. Just a heads up. Wing Feather Saga. Wingfeather Feather Saga in a fantasy world of wonder and danger. One boy discovers a family secret that may awaken an ancient power or doom them to... Sorry, to capture uh, uh, by a nameless evil. Episode 4 drops February 10th the wing feather saga link is in the show notes uh it's over at angel studios you can get it it's on youtube it's free then it cost a thing yeah. um it's all crowdsourced um it's the world's largest crowdsourced uh tv show they funded millions of dollars into this thing and and I don't think anybody's ever going to buy it or pick it up because you can get it for free on YouTube, right? So <laughs> it's not like they invested their money thinking, yes, I'll make millions on a TV show. No, they did it because mm-hmm. they love the book. So talk about people loving books and willing to put their money. It's the original author um, doing the show as well as the book. Uh, he did the books. He did the books like 10 years ago or even more. And um, so it's really, really cool that he stuck with it, seeing it through, doing through, doing the TV show. It's a cartoon. um, Completely family-friendly. Definitely you could show it in class. You don't have to worry about anything. So, um, Wingfeather Saga Episode 3. If you've read the books, this is where they go to the manor. Episode 4 is what happens after the manor. Those of you who know, you know. Those of you who don't, you should really go to Episode 1 and start there. And I recommend the book. The book is going to have a lot more detail, a lot more to it than the series does. Um, just a heads
0: up. So, mm-hmm. cool. Yes. Uh, Grisham college has, uh, a whole bunch of lectures that are freely available. Um, oh, yeah. some lectures and video. Some of these are college lectures. So, you know, I'll warn yes. you that, you know, it's a college lecture, but they have a variety of things and you can search for them based on subject area and all that good stuff. Um, and um they have over three thousand videos featuring over twelve hundred speakers, things like history, maths. Maths. Mm-hmm. Very British. Um, you know, military rhetoric, uh, religion, music. Um so they they've got some neat stuff and I think that you know, you could probably use some of this in a variety of way in your classroom. If you want to just use snippets instead of the entire, right? Um, I would. You know, yeah. lecture. You can definitely do that. Um, so yeah, so it's just a, a resource for you to check out. Um, the Dunning Kruger effect. Uh, I'm gonna link to a YouTube video from uh, on the Dunning Kruger effect. It's a really interesting concept to talk to kids about. Um, um, and about, uh, you know, you, sometimes you don't know things and that's okay. And um, so it's, uh, I will tell you, it is probably not the most exciting video. Um, but it is, uh, in certain instances, I can see it bearing, being very useful. Um, this is, the, there's one that I want to share that falls under the click link bait uh headline where okay. the article is completely different than what the headline is <laughs> and this is from the BBC which i found fascinating yeah. you know so the BBC has a, an article in ten, uh, that's titled the epic farewell posts of laid off yeah. employees so when you read the epic farewell posts of laid off in employees, um, you know you're probably except, expecting something a little more like yeah, you know, just I did this, and instead, um, <laughs> what you get is, um, you know the the, the 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 a guy who gets laid off from uh, uh, New York based his New York based software. Developer, and um, he says that he was he was frustrated. Uh, his frustrations were compounded by the fact that he believed his job was relatively safe, especially since he had never been informed of any performance problem. Um, as thousands of employees began posting about their layoffs on LinkedIn, he followed, Singh followed suits. But, despite his consternation at losing his job, the dread of possibly having to leave the country as a result, the tone of his short message was upbeat and magnanimous um, and Then they talk about why and <laughs> so the whole article is people posting things that are like i 'm going to miss my i 'm going to miss my friends. I worked hard, you know, I have these skills um, and it worked for them um And he says, in part, you know, I received my layoff letter at 6 o'clock. It actually says 0600. Um, By 0700, I updated my LinkedIn status. By 0800, I was speaking to recruiters. So it is, it's an article that really talks about making good choices Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that. So I thought that would be something to share with kids. And uh, I'd share the article and go, let's read some epic farewell posts. (laughs) And then then have the kids, hey. So, yeah. Um, Scott McCloud. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We haven't heard from him for a little while, but um, he had a neat right up over pretending it support for technology integration. We're basically, um, he responds to, uh, somebody says, I've been giving an roughly an hour for PD on January 4th to work with teachers on anything that I'd like. I rotate between seven sites pre K through 12th grade, but I will be working mostly with fourth to 12th grade teachers on this date. My boss like uh, my boss most likes for me to introduce new tools to teachers during these opportunities. Blah blah blah. blah. So what should I say? And uh, Scott posts back. Just sorry to say. Just wanted to say how sorry I am that you are only given one hour to do this important work. You and your educators deserve more systematic and strategic supports and investment than this. Um. I'm tempted to say that with this little time, it really doesn't matter what you do because the likelihood of it being impactful is fairly low. Question mark. Good luck. And it really brings up a bigger issue, and that is that tech integration shouldn't be the <laughs> this new tool, that new tool. It really should be systematic, thoughtful um, and embedded into curriculum. So, uh, we also have random thought, but we're going to make you go over to middle school matters.com to pick up that random thought, um, which I'm going to share with my daughter because I know my daughter, uh, is going to go. Yep. That's me. Um, when, when she sees this one, we also would appreciate it if you'd head over to the podcatcher of your choice and give us a five-star rating. Tell us why Sean is the world's greatest show host. Um, and, of course, share with your friends. Let your friends know. Um, and then we also would love to hear from you. So head over to middleschoolmatters.com. There's, a link, there's links there where you can get in touch with us um, and reach out. We greatly appreciate it. We love to hear from you, even if you just want to say hi. So with that, this has been Middle School Matters for middle school educators who care. All opinions expressed on this podcast are exclusively the
2: opinions of the host and guest and not indicative of any employer.